Happy Wednesday to you. How's everybody doing? If you missed our streams yesterday, it was quite the debacle early on, but we were able to get going. Shim and I playing some Rocket League. Shim getting his, his first goal. Unfortunately, his first goal was actually against our own team. But then he got his own. He was slowly but surely picking up on uh, the old Rocket League there. It was a lot of fun. If you guys want to go check those out, you can check out uh, my stream. It's like half as long as Shim's because mine was just a was a disaster. Right, Tyler? Well, disaster is a strong word. Probably early, accurate in this case. But. Early, yeah. Early on, it was kind of a disaster. But Shim was able to stream his. So essentially what we were doing last night is we were both playing Rocket League. You can watch my stream on my channel, and you can watch Shim play over on his channel. Lots of things like that lined up here as we're gearing up uh, OG Life. If you're here and you've uh, followed my Discord and you have not followed OG Life yet, make sure you head on over to the OG Life Discord. That's Original Gamer Life. We got people already saying hi over in the Twitch chat. Ortiz, hello. Says it's been a while since uh, he was able, available for a Brandalorian session. Vero, hello. She's uh, popping in today saying hi to uh, myself and Tyler. And uh, lots of fun, interesting topics that we're going to get to today. We have five fast questions. It's going to be my favorite part of the show. Later discussion topic, we're going to talk about what are some useless things that are taught in school. Gamer news, we have the Game Pass titles for Xbox. Those are that are leaving here coming up at the end of November. There's a Netflix show that's, I guess, trying to kind of explain a storyline for League of Legends because there really isn't one. Entertainment news, we have the new Spider-Man trailer. And as many times as I read this, I'm looking at my screen right now, and I spelt Spider-Man wrong. I forgot the R. So if you're tuning into the podcast version of this, that means nothing to you. But we have the new Spider-Man trailer. We'll do a breakdown of that. Apparently, they're... There's somebody that saw something in the trailer that thinks they're alluding to Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. And it's super subtle, man. I mean, it is super subtle. Kathleen Kennedy has re-upped her contract with Lucasfilm. She's going to be there for a few more years. I'm not sure that many people are happy about that. Do you use subtitles when you watch television shows or movies at home? It's our entertainment news. Plus, in the sports front, we've got World Cup qualifier updates. And a college football playoff update. Frank uh, joining us in the Twitch chat. He says, Spider-Man trailer was edited at the end. People were removed. Are you talking about that final scene where it shows Spider-Man? Because that's something that somebody had talked about is how you have essentially Tom Holland's Spider-Man diving at all of these different villains, but he's only diving straight into one. And people are believing that the other Spider-Men, as in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, are actually in that shot. They've just been edited out. So happy Wednesday to you. Hope everybody's having themselves a fantastic day. Franklin was playing some Halo Infinite multiplayer last night with Kai. Hopefully that went well. I can't believe I didn't immediately start with this. my, My heart has been in so much stress today. I have been just a ball of nerves, and Tyler and his brother Brandon, the Savrets, are now getting a deep dive into my mind and how neurotic I can be and how I bounce back and forth between things and how 
It's not a it's not an enjoyable place a lot of times. I dropped a ton of money today on a gaming PC. With the help of Tyler and Brandon. But I did tell them this. If it's great, if everything works out good, they get all the credit. If it does not turn out so well, I will take all the blame. I mean, that seems only right. Right? That's where you're supposed to say yes, Tyler. I mean, it seems right to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would be the one taking the blame. No, I mean, look, I can't dump all the blame on them. I'm the one that made the purchase. I would, this, is a, this is one that I was probably going to make a purchase on anyway. It was a Black Friday deal. Those deals do not stick around for very long as I'm reading more and more into it because that microchip shortage that we have right now, essentially it's become one of those situations of if you see some sort of technology with a Black Friday or Cyber Monday deal or anything coming up for the holidays – buy it just because it's you know again not financial advice we're getting used to saying that but that's one of those things that they're they're becoming so rare that you need to jump on that stuff luigi joining us in the twitch chat hello luigi how you doing it's luigi so our first uh, discussion topic today it's what fictional universe would you want to live in Tyler, we'll start with you. What was your answer? All right. So I went with Star Trek just because Earth is basically a utopia in that show. Okay. And let's be honest. My odds of being like a superhero in the Marvel Universe or a Jedi or a Force user in like the Star Wars Universe, very, 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 very small. But don't you think it would still be kind of cool living in one of... Like a Star Trek or a Star... Well, you already said Star Trek, because I guess you get the technology then, right? Yeah, everybody and that's kind gets of the, it. And that's kind of the one of the selling points there. I mean, you could technically travel if you wanted to, to space, right? Yeah. we got people coming in hot with their answers already here. We've got Luigi, he says Star Wars Universe. See, that's where I would have gone. I mean, that would have been my... My immediate reaction would have been the Star Wars Universe. Frank says the Playboy universe. That exists. You just have to move to California, Frank. Ortiz says the Flash. Lots of metahumans, but only if I could be a metahuman. See, and that's where this question can be construed differently. Is it one of those ones where, okay, if I'm going to be in this universe, am I guaranteed to be a Jedi? Or uh, am I guaranteed to be a superhero of some kind? Am I going to have powers? Or am I just in that universe? Remember that show that they had? I, I think it was a CBS show. And it, it followed people. I think Alan Tudyk was in it. And it was all about living in a world with superheroes, but none of these people had superpowers. It was just kind of following them and their everyday life as all the stuff is happening around them. Is that where he was like Bruce Wayne's cousin or something like that? Um, gosh, that's, I, I always forget that he does so much stuff because he, he's not only an actor, but he's also a phenomenal voice actor. So he's in a ton of things. This would have been. It had to have been at least since 2015, right? Now, Twitchy Twist says, I got to hop on the bandwagon with Luigi. Star Wars universe would be neat. That's where I'm looking. I just want to remind everybody that Jedi are celibate. 
Well, they're supposed to be. But you, you don't have to be a Jedi. You don't have to be one. That's why being a Mandalorian is pretty badass. I'm just throwing that out there, you know. Ortiz says you could be a Sith. Oh, Powerless was the name of the show. Powerless. Yeah, I think that's the one where he's he's related to Bruce Wayne, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, Man, Danny Pudi was in that show? How in the world did that thing not last a lot longer? One season, 12 episodes. That was it. The premise was uh, it takes place in the DC universe and follows the, adve- follows the adventures of Emily Locke as director of research and development at Wayne Security, a subsidiary of Wayne Enterprises based in Charm City that specializes in products of ordinary humans who are poised to be victims of the battles between superheroes and supervillains. And you are right, Alan Tudyk, he played Vanderveer Van Wayne, the boss of Wayne Security, who is the son of Vanderveer Wayne Sr. and the cousin of Bruce Wayne. He aspires to work in the Gotham office with Bruce, the character has was created by Batman's original writer, Bill Finger, with artist Sheldon Moldoff. And made his first appearance all the way back in 1962 in Batman volume number one, number 148. <laughs> Frank says, as annoying as it is, let me get that Fast and Furious universe. Do all the crime you want, get arrested, but let go. Get rich and fast women. That is well put. And Tyler, you're right there. The Grey Jedi. That's the best option. Where you're right in the middle there between the Sith and the Jedi. I was, man, did I ever tell you that that's what I was hoping they were going to wrap up the Skywalker saga with? Is that they were going to realize that the only way to defeat the Sith is to realize that having the Jedi as, as the way that they are almost creates the Sith? Yeah, I mean, that's that's been an argument like for a while now that the Jedi are actually the bad guys. And that's kind of the way that I was leaning there is that not necessarily that they're the bad guys, but the Sith wouldn't exist if the Jedi didn't exist. And then you look at the, so if you're not familiar with this, the gray Jedi are essentially force users the way Jedi and Sith are, except they're kind of in the middle. They are not ideological. Exactly. And Tyler, you made another good point in the chat there. You said there are only two Sith and people are constantly trying to kill you and replace you. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, if you go back all the way to like Darth Bane times, he was the one that created the rule of two. So before that, there was a bunch of Sith. And you could be a force user. You know what I mean? Although somebody had a brilliant answer. Over on Reddit where this question was posed. Did we lock in on that? Should I just call the show Stealing from Reddit? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, isn't that essentially what we're doing here? Like, somebody here had the exact point that you made, Tyler. The top answer was, depends on if I can choose my role in that world. The vast majority of options and statistically... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The vast majority of options and statistically, I'd be a peasant in terrible conditions worse than my actual life. Now, somebody has a brilliant answer to that. Right underneath says, that's why you go with... It's a D- The main D&D world, is it Faerun? Faerun? Faerun, there you go. So this person says, if you aren't born with some magical powers, just go study hard and become a wizard. 
And if you can't cut it doing that, go swear a paladin's oath or make a warlock's pact to get magical powers. Or to get a magical power sugar daddy. So, what do you think? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good argument, actually, because it doesn't... Although, on the other hand, usually the adventurers... Everybody, normal person, has stats 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. But these, the people who go out and adventure, they get like they have superhuman strength or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, like a strength of 18 is ridiculously powerful. You're like He-Man on steroids. So, again... You need some sort of. You need to be super intelligent, super wise, super charming. So you know, you have to have something go for, going for you before you can actually qualify for one of those quote unquote classes. Well, and it's also you know, it's like in Star Wars. If you don't have the the, the proper midichlorian count, they're not going to allow you to be a Jedi, right? I guarantee right. that in the Star Wars, in the, in the galaxy far, far away, there were some dudes out there that were were trying to find a way to pump midichlorians into normal people to give them force powers. Like, if that's legitimately where Star Wars canon wanted to go with that, and it's like, oh, look at this midichlorian camp. This is amazing. He must have been spawned by the force. If that's the way they're going, I guarantee there's a doctor working on that crap. Am I wrong? Nah, it makes sense. See? Told you. I mean, I guarantee there's plastic surgeons over there, too, that are trying to make people look like other alien races. Oh, dude! You I mean, play Christ, we, have pe- that was, we have people here on uh, Earth trying to do that now, right? So, in Shadowrun, there's actually we'll talk about that offline. It's a, it's a long <laughs> conversation. Twitchy Twist says probably an Empire Doctor, just like the Nazis. I don't think an Empire Doctor would want to do that, though, it, unless they could limit it. Because the whole point would be to create create uh, an army strong enough to defeat your enemy but not strong enough to overpower you you know what I mean somebody else over on reddit for this question if you could choose to live in one fictional universe which one would you choose and why probably a children's show or cartoon universe because of how safe and carefree they are you all are saying Star Wars or The Last Airbender, but I would rather live in a world where death and poverty literally does not exist, and I could eat cake for breakfast without getting diabetes. <laughs> also a great point. Yeah, yeah. Somebody right below that said, Daniel Tiger it is then. In the land of Oz, somebody put that in there in the books, you can't die. Ortiz says, I want to change my answer. You know, it'd be an interesting one that I, I never really saw in here. Because it's it. I mean, technically, the question is wrapped around what fictional universe, but it could be a world. It could be really anything. What if you lived in Springfield with The Simpsons? You kind of get that when you go to Universal Studios. They've kind of developed that. I remember I mean, we went to uh, we went to Moe's Tavern. We ordered my kid a, a Flamin' Moe. Spoiler alert, there's no alcohol in the Flaming Bows. Oh, I was about to call Child Protective Services. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no there's no alcohol in the, the Flaming Bows that you can get at Universal Studios. It's essentially, it's uh, the way they have the specially designed cup where on the bottom they put dry ice. So 
uh, when you pour, it, it was just like an orange drink, I think is really all it was. But when you pour it in there, it hits the dry ice and it, you know, it causes the steam to come out. Ortiz says, itchy and scratchy land sounds fun. Ugh. Dangerous. Somebody else over here on uh, Reddit says, I would live on Wisteria Lane because everyone there has a big, beautiful house and is thin and gorgeous even in mid middle age. Frank brings up a really good point. He says, I wonder how long Disney will let Universal Studios keep the Simpsons stuff there. It's all going to be based on contracts, man. Kind of like with Sony and Spider-Man and all that other stuff. Once that thing's up, I wonder if Disney's going to yank it. And just be like, hey, just drive it drive it south to Anaheim and put it in there. Another answer on here. I think this is the one that you said last night, Tyler. Futurama. Did I say that? I think you, I thought you did. I thought you mentioned that oh. you to live in Futurama because it was kind of close to where we're at. I don't know. It's because of their uh, the professor builds a time machine that they can go forward in time. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. It was the um, it was the world of women. Yeah. I, th it's I, like... thought, I, I, was, I was like the Amazonians, and he was like, no, 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 not that one. The yeah, I think it's the the very last episode. The person in here writes Futurama because it's similar enough to reality that I can figure it out, but different enough to be interesting. Didn't they have the suicide booths in Futurama? <laughs> yes, they did. That's how we were introduced to Bender. The person in here goes on to say it's not inherently interesting, and every global cataclysmic problem seems to resolve itself or just be forgotten about. Yeah, Frank says Disney World is building up a lot down there. I could see them doing a Simpsons World in Orlando. Oh, yeah. See, that's and that's where it's different for Disney World and Disneyland. Disneyland, they're out of room. I mean, they're, they would have to buy up those properties around Disneyland because they're running out of space. Disney World, they have a massive amount of land down there. And they're just kind of developing and developing. I remember the last time I was at Hollywood Studios, this would have been probably about a decade ago, I think. And since then, they've added a ton of stuff. Because when you were in Hollywood Studios, it was really you had... That's where the Fantasmic show went on. That's like the big show at night. You had um, Hollywood Tower of Terror. You had the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster. And a few other things kind of throughout that park. But that was it. And since then, they've, they've put in the Toy Story Land there. I think that's where they also put in Galaxy's Edge. It's pretty dope. Ortiz says, I love how Bender takes his quarterback in the suicide booth. <laughs> I got to go back and rewatch that show. That's just a good show. So something that we brought up. This would have been on Monday show when we were talking about beef jerky being too expensive. Because the overall topic was things that are too expensive. Free in the Star Trek universe, just saying. What? Really? Everything's free in the Star Trek universe. Oh, I've never seen Star Trek, so I don't know. Oh man. Yeah, that's not my jam. I'm Star Wars, alright? Don't bring that Star Trek shit in here. Did you ever see Fanboys? I don't think so. 
It had, um, oh, I'm completely blanking on all the actors' names. But uh, I know Kristen Bell was in it, and Seth Rogen was in it. Oh, the one skinny kid from Knocked Up who lives in the house. God, I'm, I'm blanking on all of them right now. But do you know the premise of Fanboys? N- no, but I can guess. <laughs> Probably what's it's a little your, too close to home. Well, what's your guess? Oh, that it's a movie about fanboys, probably for Star Wars or Star Trek or some sci-fi thing. Star Wars, and essentially the way that the story goes, and it took forever to come out. Uh, This is one of those movies they filmed, and then they didn't like the ending, um, or they didn't like the premise, because the premise is pretty dark. It's a group of friends who were diehard Star Wars fans in 1999. Phantom Menace is going to be released, and their whole thing is... Uh, their one friend has just been diagnosed with terminal cancer and he's going to die before Phantom Menace is released. Like that's the like that's the plot. So they live over on the East Coast and their goal is to drive across the country, break into Skywalker Ranch and steal a copy of Phantom Menace so that their friend who's dying from cancer can watch the movie before he passes away. That's the premise of the movie. That's kind of brilliant. How how did it turn out? I thought it was entertaining. Um, obviously, like some of the stuff that made it a little bit rocky was the fact that um, the producers of the movie weren't the biggest fan of the premise. They thought that was too dark. Like they thought it was like they, we have to find a more lighthearted way because it's a comedy. Um, there's a there's a big battle scene between Star Wars fans and Star Trek fans, which is hilarious. Um, there's a guest spot by William Shatner in the movie as well. Um, it's just it's it's a it's a fun entertaining movie. I have it on DVD. Maybe we'll have to watch it one of these nights. Yeah, when did this release? Well, it's Phantom Menace. So. I think it finally. Oh, this it was way after that. This was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I think. Oh, okay. Um, two thousand nine was when it was finally released. Yes. So uh, Stephen King, I wrote, I read his book on writing, and in it he mentions he was writing The Dark Tower, I think it was, and he w- he got fan letters from people who said they were dying, and so they they were asking for like a pre-release of the book. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie was finally released in '09, but I, it was in the works for a long time. Um, yeah, the film was originally set to be released August 17th, 2007. The film was pushed back once more to January 2008 because director Kyle Newman was given more funding to shoot additional scenes that the original budget did not include. Getting the cast back together would only be possible in September of 2007, thus the film's release date had been moved to 2008. The film was again pushed back because the reshoots could not take place before November or December of 2007. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, this one eventually was released, but there was another movie that had Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of Korn, and Rowdy Roddy Piper in it, and it was called Sin Jin Smith. And I was clamoring for this thing to be released. It looked like it was not going to be the best of movies, but I was going to eat it the hell up. I was going to love it. They never finished it. Sin... And Smith. The premise was kind of interesting, where Jonathan Davis plays the devil. 
And never, um, never released? No, it was never released. Oh, man. I don't think I want to hear any more about this. <laughs> I don't want to get interested in this. <laughs> it says, Sinjin Smith was an unreleased horror film that was, which was written and directed by Ethan uh, Dettenmeyer based on an old legend inspired by the Kansas Stoll Cemetery. The story involves the devil simultaneously appearing in two places, the high plains of India and one cemetery in Kansas every Halloween at night or at midnight. The film stars Rowdy Roddy Piper, Jonathan Davis, and then a bunch of other people. And so the premise is Sinjin Smith takes place over the weekend of Halloween in an American in an America that has become a police state. On November 2nd, the Day of the Dead, two federal marshals report to one jail in Shinbone, Kansas, to transfer one prisoner known as Sinjin Smith during the tornado warning. Oh, can we ban that guy? This whole, do you want to be famous over in the Twitch chat? Somebody want to hop in there and take care of that for me, please? So yeah, so that was the movie that I was looking forward to. The original page on IMDb has been deleted, and a new one was created with the title Sin Jin and the date of 2009. As of November 2021, the film has yet to complete principal photography. Yeah, it's over a decade. And Rowdy Roddy Piper passed away. He said to Fangoria back in May of 2008, they keep hyping it up. Like it's going to come out and it's just not finished. And I don't like the fact that they're using my name. I was talking to Richard Tyson about it. Richard Tyson also in the movie. Saying, you know, I'm just going to pull it off the market. Hmm. I'd still totally watch it. So another topic that we had, going back to the whole beef jerky thing. That was a really roundabout way to get there. I had a friend of mine... Frank says, you see the story that Piper watched a documentary about aliens wearing human skin and thought it was real and that that and that they live was based on a true story? No, but I'm going to go watch that now. So a friend of mine, we, like we were talking about how crazy expensive beef jerky is. And a buddy of mine from Florida reached out to me and he said, uh, the, uh, the Incas back in the day, they actually freeze dried food ages ago. And so I guess the stuff, it was called chuño. And this title says, A space-worthy food that the Incas made eight centuries ago. The unique requirements of the Andes led them to develop staple food that rivals modern astronauts' food and shelf life, nourishment, and ease of transport to power their way to an empire. That food is called chuño and is still being made the same way as it had been eight centuries ago by leaving potatoes out for a few nights. Chuño is basically freeze-dried potatoes, which is remarkable as they were developed by a culture that had almost zero food processing technology. What they did have, though, was a harsh, unforgiving climate, which they put to good use. Altiplano villagers living in the high plateaus of Bolivia and Peru make chuño by using the warm days and freezing nights of June to repeatedly freeze and thaw the potatoes, then crushing them underfoot to remove the tuber's skin and push out the liquids. 
For such a simple production process, the result is incredible. Chunyo is really filling and it can be stored and eaten for a decade after being prepared with the simplest of storing methods. There's actually two varieties of the food. Black chunyo is made with bitter potatoes left to freeze overnight, then crushed to remove the liquids inside until it's completely dehydrated. White chunyo is made by soaking potatoes in the cold rivers and streams in the area, then sun-drying them. See, they could do this 8,000 years ago, and we're still paying uh, through the nose for beef jerky. I don't get it. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. That, God, that reminds me. I still got to get a hold of my buddy who was over in Dallas. He's got a bunch of uh, beef jerky from, uh, from Bucky's. I got to figure that out. But anyway, so I thought that was a kind of an interesting story there about this uh, stuff called chuño. The food is little known outside of the Andes, and newcomers to the region take a little bit off. Uh, oh, it take a little bit of getting used to it. Some have said that it tastes nothing like a potato should, but comes really close to the taste of chalk or styrofoam. <laughs> and its smell has been compared to dirty socks. Oh, well, I mean, when you gotta eat, you gotta eat, right? Especially if it's gonna last for a decade, man. Yeah, but I mean, army marches on its stomach. Romans had dehydrators, Napoleon had canned food. It looks like you can buy it. Oh, my God. Why would you want to? You can buy it at Walmart. I'm going I'm to pass. Whole dried potatoes. Chunyo. It's 11 bucks. All right, Tyler. One of these days, I'm going to buy a bag of this, and we're both going to eat it. All right? Uh, Live on why? the show. Why? <laughs> uh, because we can. Uh, I'd say we ask for donations before we do that. Oh, crap, that's true. That's another thing that we got to dive into here as well, is that uh, I did fork over so much cash for this gaming PC, and people keep reaching out to me, and they're like, hey, how can we help you with your stream? How can we help you so that you don't have so many problems, and we can get a more consistent stream schedule? I'll tell you right now, there's an easy way to do that. Uh, tip, donate, right here on Twitch. Because um, if you're doing that for me, that's going to help me pay off this, uh, this gaming PC that I spent a ton of money on. So by all means, fire away there in Twitch if you could do that for me. That would be fan-damn-tastic. But as we're transitioning out, it's time for the news! Kicking things off on the news today, we're going to get kind of the sad story out of the way, at least one that will kind of punch you right in the feels. This one comes from Game Rant. Xbox Gamer reaches out to old Halo 2 friend only to find out that he has passed away. Of course, this comes on the heels of the 20th anniversary of the original Halo, Halo Combat Involved being re uh, Combat Evolved, or Combat Involved, I guess, being released. And then also uh, the premature drop of Halo Infinite's multiplayer. And Frank says in the Twitch chat, he has said that the, the ranked version... Is uh, actually pretty fun. So I might have to get into some of that. But the story goes on, says, The past 20 years of Halo have seen a lot of highs and lows, but Halo 2 is arguably the highest of those high points, kicking off online console multiplayer for Xbox, making huge innovations on the first-person shooter genre, and bringing people together like never before. One of those people was Lee Fabella who started playing the game at 11 years old and predictably 
was not tolerated by many others. Why would that? Why was that predictable? Because he was 11? I guess. But one other player stood up for him and took him under his wing. According to Fabella, when they played together, they never lost a game. I don't know about that, but... I mean, everybody loses eventually, right? Well, I'm sure it's an exaggeration. Bit of, bit of hyperbole there when talking about your friend. <laughs> eventually, the two lost touch when Fabella... Moved on from Halo 2, but after a while, Fabella wanted to reconnect. While other Halo fans made keychains, Fabella tried to track down his old friend, which he finally did when Xbox added a new feature that let him look up old gamer tags. Fabella promptly looked up his old friend and sent him a message, but what came back was bad news. His old friend, who he learned for the first time was named Sean, had passed away from leukemia. The one who sent the message was Sean's nephew, who had inherited his uncle's Xbox. It was passed on to him because the two of them used to play together on weekends, just like Sean and Fabella used to play together. So there's one for you. There's a little punch in the gut. But that's, I mean, that's how we met Frank. Frank in the Twitch chat, Sharples Live, met him, uh, I think it was the first night I was playing Halo online. And, uh... You know, it just kind of kind of progressed from there, and it eventually got to the point where Frank was taking trips out to Portland, Oregon, to go hang out with all of us. Sticking with the Xbox news, here are some of the titles that are leaving Xbox Game Pass coming up on November 30th. Call of the Sea, FIFA 19, Football Manager 2021, Haven, Hello Neighbor, Mork Red. What is Va 11 Hall A? Is that supposed to be Valhalla? I think it's uh, I think it's Leet. Leet speak. Do you know what that is? Um, no. Okay. Well, it's it's the name of the game. It's oh, a, gotcha. a cyberpunk bartender action. But... Gotcha. And then coming up on uh, December 8th, leaving is Destiny 2 Beyond Light. So if you enjoy playing any of those titles, make sure you guys are jumping on that before it disappears. There's also a show on Netflix called Arcane. And as you were explaining it to me, Tyler, it's essentially League of Legends, the kind of game that that is, there's really no storyline, right? Yeah, so MOBAs or multiplayer online battle arenas, no story in those games whatsoever. So this is set before these characters actually join the League of Legends and become famous and all that sort of thing. So it's the prequel. And it kinda, yeah, like tells their story. It's a very, it's an interesting way of interjecting a story into a game that otherwise doesn't have like any room for it. Well, if you want to check it out, it is available on Netflix now. I watched one episode. It's pretty good. And I've seen a bunch of reviews on it. Everybody is enamored with it. So check it so out if you're interested in that sort of thing. So they're actually doing a pretty solid job of basically kind of creating a story where when there wasn't a story. Yeah. And I mean, for a video game, I mean... It's pretty good. Interesting. Like, even I if you don't like out. video games, apparently it's still a good story. See, and that's when you know they've done a solid job. Like, that's why I always considered Rogue One to be arguably one of the best, if not the best, Star Wars movie. You can watch that with no other frame of reference. Like, you can legitimately watch that movie and be entertained without a reference to Star Wars. Or not knowing what the hell anything is. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of parts in there that are designed 
for Star Wars fans, but you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to get it. Um, there's another series that's uh, Castlevania. Oh, man. If you haven't watched Castlevania, if you love Castlevania, you got to watch that show on Netflix. I think I Even started if you don't, it. Oh, man, it's so good. Uh, moving on to the gamer news here. The new Mass Effect game making the destroy ending canon has two major downfalls is what this one is. So Mass Effect, uh, it's another game where I, I kind of, I think I started it and I just never really, like life got in the way, I think. But it always seemed like it was a pretty entertaining game. Is it one of those games that you uh, you were always into there, Tyler? Oh, yes. From the very beginning. It's a great series. The first ending that they made was just absolutely terrible. They tried to fix it. They did a decent job. Still kind of disappointing. But this, I think, is going to... I think they're trying to kind of retroactively fix things. Because some of the things that they did in that Destroy ending, people really didn't like. But now it looks like they're bringing back the Geth. Which, if anybody played the game, they were a huge part of the story. Okay. I just remember people posting with, like, I think it was like Mass Effect 3 or something. Like, how do you have sex with this chick? <laughs> that, I mean, that was, of course, a big part. Because, <laughs> of course, that's immediately where the gamers are going to go with that. And we have a holiday gift guide for gamers here. If you're looking to purchase anything for Tyler, unless you already did buy it, the inscription. Did I have purchased but- the game. No, I played the demo. So you can play the demo on Steam, and then on uh, what is it, Epic Game Store, it's ten percent off for the until the end of the month. So here we have Xbox Elite Wireless uh, Controller Series Two. It's got twenty percent off at this point. We also have the Backbone One Mobile Gaming Controller. So essentially, what these are, if you aren't familiar with them, it's turning your phone into a controller. So it looks like a PSP kind of what it is right that's what it looks like we also have a uh, PlayStation controller here you know I'm gonna put this link right here for you bad boys in the old twitch jet we have the Logitech G Pro gaming headset god we ran into that was that Monday Tyler when we were when we had that happen when we thought his headset was glitching out. It just turned out to be my crappy equipment. Yeah. We had everything set up. It was ready to roll, man. And then all of a sudden, any sound that was coming through my computer was static. And originally, we thought it was Tyler's headset. And no, it was not. It was just my computer was glitching out for some reason. There's another headset in here, too. The Astro Gaming A40. So if you're looking for headsets, those are there. You have the Oculus Quest 2. That's the Facebook. Is that their thing? oculus yeah but i i heard that they were removing the requirement for you to have to have a facebook uh, account in order to use it i don't i'm not sure Good. if that's accurate or not but that's the virtual reality sets that you're seeing a lot of and i got i guarantee that's going to be one of the hot sellers again uh this year and if you're looking to purchase something tech especially for somebody for christmas i'm telling you man get it early because it's not going to be guaranteed that stuff's going to be around yeah mario party superstars you could just buy somebody some uh, Call of Duty points. And then at the very bottom of the list, it's Inscription. And here's what it says about the game Inscription that Tyler was just describing. It says here, I don't think Inscription, the developer digital game that launched a couple of weeks ago, is for everyone. 
but just in case you are one of the people who will like it, I'd be remiss not to re uh, recommend it to you. What initially starts out as a digital Magic the Gathering style card game becomes something much spookier, more unexpected, more twisted, and tense. It's haunting and threatening in fascinating ways and manages to evoke a whole lot of unsettling vibes even though it isn't a graphical masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, like the, the, the graphics of this game, that's not what you're, what you're getting it for. This person goes on to say, I don't want to spoil anything that happens because it's that good. But I will say that if you uh, aren't put off by pixelated art style or the premise of a virtual card game, there's a good chance you'll love it. And Tyler is hooked. Dude, yeah. So play. I would recommend everybody who's listening, tell your friends, tell everyone, play the demo at the very least. Like and I think the graph. Yeah, the, the demo is free on Steam. The, the graphics, I think, are kind of that way on purpose. But, I mean, this thing is a mix between, like, a, an escape room, a card game, a mystery, a horror. And apparently, like, you play through the demo and it gets a little bit crazy at the end, but it gets apparently even more crazy than that. Yeah, Tyler sent me, uh, or he had me play it a little bit when I was over at the place on Monday. And it's, it's definitely an intriguing game to check out. All right, moving on I, to entertainment news. All right, go ahead. I think this has potential to be game of the year. It came out a little late this year, so it might not get the player base. But when Disco Elysium won game of the year, I called that one. So, <laughs> ooh, that's what we should do. We should see if Tyler can uh, can guess the like the big awards at the end of the year. So you're locking in on Inscription, huh? I I I think that I think it should win game of the year. I just think the player base is too small. But again, it, like it doesn't have enough marketing. But Elysium, or Sco Elysium, it, that game came out of nowhere and it won Game of the Year. And I called that one really well, early on. That's something that we could do is that when they do release all the awards at the end of the year, you could do a whole thing on this is what won, this is what should have won. Oh, okay. Don't sound too excited about it now. Well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I'm no, I don't want to put myself out there as some sort of expert or anything. So what? I'm not an expert. I talk out of my ass all the time. And it's an opinion piece. I mean, you don't even have to be an expert. It's just, it's solely an opinion piece. It's based on what you believe. Fair point. All right, so the big entertainment news, obviously yesterday we got the new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. We'll do uh, kind of a quick breakdown. If you guys haven't seen it, it's, it's everywhere. Um, on you know Facebook, social media, you name it, it's, it's, it's out there. But I went to Den of Geek as they broke down the trailer. And it says here, first and foremost, this trailer really clears up some of the some stuff from the first one. Specifically, the question of whether these villains were coming to our world or whether the failure of the spell had sent Peter spiraling through the multiverse. We know that now. They're all coming here. While there's still a chance for the latter to happen, it's more about the spell has brought Spider-Man villains from other universes. Fans hoping for confirmation of other live-action Spider-Man will have to wait because this trailer is all about the villains. That's something Frank said at the very beginning of our stream today was how they that there's talk that they've edited out the other Spider-Man in this trailer. We'll get to that here at the end. But obviously the big one that they're kind of wrapping a lot of things around here is Dr. Octopus. This article over at Den of Geek says, Once again, Alfred Molina's creepily de-aged Otto Octavius is a big draw in this trailer. 
and we learn a little more about that highway fight from the first trailer. He clearly doesn't realize that he is not in the Raimi-verse anymore, meaning Sam Raimi, the guy who directed the original um, Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. But instead, he thinks he's fighting Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. Not that it matters, as Spidey clearly manages to deliver unto him a spider-whooping and take him prisoner. And then it goes on to Otto Octavius, and it says, Ah, yes, that most tired of modern superhero movie tropes, where you say a name of a thing from the comics... And everybody laughs at how ridiculous it is. I guess in the trailer where they're like, what's your name again? He's like, Otto Octavius. And I'm like, that's a weird name. They mention Stark Tech in here, like Stark Industries. And it says, why are Dr. Octopus's arms red? And not just any red, a very particular shade of Iron Man red. It seems possible, even likely, that Otto upgrades his arms... Once he makes his way into the MCU, perhaps with some ill-gotten gains from Stark Enterprises. And now it's going to start to tie things together here. It says, what's interesting is that last year, Marvel Studios announced that an Armor Wars series would be coming to Disney+. In the comics, Armor Wars dealt with Tony Stark realizing that someone had been stealing his tech and using it to arm the armored villains in the Marvel Universe. The TV series would deal with James Rhodes, it's played by Don Cheadle, at least now played by Don Cheadle, coming to the same conclusion and trying to shut it all down. Could Doc Ock's new arms be our first hint of that? So we've got Dr. Octopus, and then of course we also have Green Goblin. He pops up. We only heard his laugh in the original trailer, the first trailer that we got, and now you actually get to see him. It says here, we heard... His sinister laugh and witnessed a pumpkin bomb explosion in the first Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. But this time, Willem Dafoe is fully back in action as the Green Goblin from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Unfortunately, he's still wearing that ridiculous getup. Now, here's where things get a little bit questioning, I guess. What's his friend's name? Spider-Man's friend? Ned. Right? That's Ned. Oh, in the... Yeah. Because I had seen a rumor that there's a shot where it shows somebody who looks like Green Goblin slash Hobgoblin in the trailer, and they're like, ooh, maybe they're like... Like, this is where Ned finally becomes the Hobgoblin. Because there is a shot of somebody else who's not all decked out. You know that that weird helmet that... uh, um, that looked like a goblin that Willem Dafoe's character would wear. Well, there's somebody else in this shot, in this trailer, that's not wearing that, and that could be uh, the Harry Osborn character from any of the other Spider-Mans, from the Amazing Spider-Man 2 or possibly Spider-Man 3, the Sam Raimi version. Lots of question marks. Tyler and I watched this last night. One of the things that we made note of is the fact that Electro doesn't look like complete garbage. I mean, he... It's tough to make elect like go back and look at what Electro looked like in the comic books and you'll kind of see what we're talking about. But Jamie Foxx is back. You've got Sandman and Lizard, they're fighting as well. And here's the thing that Frank had mentioned at the very beginning of this. And it said, this is kind of a weird framing, isn't it? Three villains in different parts of the screen, and it shows Electro, Lizard, and Sandman, but there's only one Spider-Man jumping 
in the middle. It says, would it make sense for there to be a Spidey at Electro's level and one at Lizard's level? So that's where we're wondering if maybe they photoshopped out these uh, the other Spider-Men. Ortiz says they're talking about the actor having to drop all that way. The guy that plays Ned. I mean, and they I mean they could have made it look a little bit different specifically for the trailer. Remember, the trailers for Avengers Infinity War. Um that had that showed the Hulk as they were running through Wakanda. That showed the Hulk. He's not in the movie at all. They ended up taking him out and they just put Bruce Banner inside the Hulkbuster costume. So here's the thing that I know that you were Chomping at the bit for Tyler. Kingpin. Oh, what? Because <laughs> I'd mentioned this before we jumped on. You were like, what are they talking about? Because there's somebody oh, who yes, saw yes. something in the trailer that could allude to Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. So in the trailer... The fight scene between Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus. It's on a highway and there's a bunch of cars around and somebody did a, uh, a freeze frame on one of the cars and it has a license plate bearing the number ASM8183. And that has to do with the specific comics and the number. It said Spider-Man Homecoming featured a reference to the Vulture's first appearance in The Amazing Spider-Man number two, one of Far From Home's plates was more obscure. Nick Fury's car referenced an issue of Marvel Team-Up that paired Spider-Man with the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. So what they're assuming is this is a reference to the comic with Kingpin. And this is an Easter egg pointing to the fact that Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is going to be involved in Spider-Man No Way Home. Is it true? Who knows? at this point. However, I do need to pause momentarily because I'm getting a phone call. So Tyler, if you'd be so kind, just take over for a couple minutes here and I'll be right back, all right? Alrighty. I think we should talk about Fisk because I think he's one of he's one of my favorite uh, villains. Because there's a lot of villains who fight the superhero with their mind or they fight him, you know, physically. They're physically tough. But Fisk, he's both. So if he's in this, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Did you hold your own, Tyler? Eh, it was it was a uh, no. Eh, eh. That's why we pay you the big bucks, baby. I'm sure you did just fine. I will go back and critique it later for you. <laughs> nah. All right, moving on. A couple more entertainment stories here. So essentially, that was kind of where they they alluded to the fact that ooh, they're they're. Um, the Kingpin, it has to do with comic books. Somebody else found out Shang-Chi has apparently sparked outrage in China over a hidden Tiananmen Square reference. So, I still haven't seen Shang-Chi. It is available on Disney+. Plus. I'm waiting to watch it with my kid, because that's our thing. We watch some Marvel movies together. And somebody noticed that the bus driver's tag reads 8964, 
which some have perceived to be a reference to the infamous and nationally suppressed Tiananmen Square massacre, which took place on June 4th, 1989. So obviously the 8-9 would be the 89, 6 would be June, and then 4 would be the day. The image has been posted elsewhere on other social media sites and platforms, sparking discussion about whether or not the reference was intentional. There's been some other issues here, apparently. Where I guess China just wasn't all that happy with uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This article says here that Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings signified a major shift in Marvel Studios and Disney's ability to release films into the Chinese market since the film, which has been viewed by some as an attempt to better appeal to China and Chinese audiences specifically, ultimately became the second film released this year to be essentially barred from Chinese theater screens. Though the film passed state censors and some amount of marketing took place, the film to date has yet to be given a release date over there. Very touchy over there in China, apparently. Kathleen Kennedy, her contract has been renewed. She's now going to be with Lucasfilm for 2024. If you're wondering who the main person behind all the new Star Wars stuff is, she's kind of ahead of it. That's Lucasfilm. A lot of people not the biggest fans of Kathleen Kennedy. Right there, Tyler? No. A lot of people blame her for the failures of Star Wars. I told this to uh, to Tyler before we jumped on uh, on live today. They need to give it to Dave Filoni. Everything that dude has done with Star Wars has been amazing. Now, this is why I don't mind if she's in control of Lucasfilm as long as he's in control specifically of the Star Wars stuff. Because he's gone in. He's been one of the major driving forces. Uh, the Clone Wars television series. Um, and then, uh, you know, The Mandalorian and things like that. And I'm telling you, there's behind-the-scenes stuff of the first season of The Mandalorian. And if you've not seen it, his the way his mind works and the way that he's able to perceive these stories and then tell them it's you're like this guy gets it this this man understands it probably better than George Lucas does at this point and Dave Filoni even admits he's like look he's like this is George's thing I got to go back to what he wanted what his original vision was but damn man I'm telling you that dude gets it well, I think he's an actual fan. Like he doesn't yeah. just—he didn't just watch the movies. He probably, you know, read the all those uh, extended banded universe novels and all of that stuff. Yeah, no, there's there's um, some stuff on Disney Plus that again that Mandalorian kind of behind the scenes where they ha they're interviewing him. I'll see if I can find the clip and I'll post it somewhere because the way that he describes the Star Wars saga. It made me feel comfortable knowing that he is at the helm. My only fear is that he will end up butting heads with Kathleen Kennedy about something, and that will give him the boot. And at that point, Tyler, we riot. Hey, man, will... I'm already ready to riot. <laughs> so this goes on to talk about Kathleen Kennedy and all the stuff that she's been involved with that she, since she has taken over. She was essentially the one. She was handpicked by George Lucas to take over Lucasfilm when he sold the rights to all the Star Wars stuff back in 2012. So all of the, the movies since then, you had uh, The Force Awakens, um, 
The Last Jedi. Um, what was the, what was the name of the last one? Was it Last Jedi and Last Skywalker? How Man, I don't remember on that. Good God, yeah, it's. I oof. didn't. I didn't even see it. You didn't even see it. Damn. Heck no. We're getting to heck no. It was, ri it was the Rise of Skywalker. Is what it was. Yeah, the Last Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. Eh, it's kind of a mess. I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. Especially considering I kind of with those movies when they were being released over Christmas time, it, it it brings back that nostalgic feeling, even though it was just a few years ago. I think I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna start really doing more of a deep dive into a lot of these Star Wars stories, including rewatching The Mandalorian. But yeah, so her contract has been renewed. And if you're looking at some of the stuff that we have lined up, you have the Book of Boba Fett coming out, the Obi-Wan series coming out. And then you also have some other series, like you have the Andor series, you have the Ahsoka Tano series with um, Rosario Dawson, which should be pretty cool. But well, let's just hope that Dave Filoni is the main driving force behind a lot of this stuff. Another interesting story here in the entertainment news, Naked Gun director David Zucker is developing a new spoof movie. So if you're a fan of the Naked Gun movies... Airplane. That was kind of one of the big ones that he was behind. He's hoping to do it again. The filmmaker is developing a new project with a spoof, with a spoof of film noir tropes. The new movie will be titled Star of Malta. The new film sounds like it's going to be a little bit darker because it's centered around a character who kills someone accidentally and then goes to jail. When he gets out, he ends up accidentally killing a lot more people along the way. Isn't that kind of what happens in the old Mr. Magoo movies? I'm pretty sure there's people dropping dead behind Mr. Magoo and that dude couldn't see anything. <laughs> I did, Yeah, I think the difference is they didn't show it. Ah, it's, it was off-screen. Yeah, off-screen deaths. All right, we got to power through these stories here. Mel Gibson, he has confirmed that he is going to direct Lethal Weapon 5. Did you ever watch any of the Lethal Weapons, Tyler? Oh, yeah, I watched them all. It's interesting because when you go back and look at... Like when they brought in Joe Pesci and then they brought in Chris Rock. When they do that in movies now, I cringe because it's like, ugh. Like they're just they're just adding stuff on and it's not going to be, it's not going to bring anything to the movie. Hell no. The ones with Joe Pesci and then Chris Rock, hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And I think a lot of it had to do with some of the stuff that Chris Rock was doing in the Lethal Weapon that he was in was from his stand-up. Like the hey, scene with... You, go ahead. Did, did you watch the TV? There was a TV series. Did you watch that? No, but that it was um, Damon Wayans, wasn't it? Yes. And then the guy that played Riggs got fired. And then they brought in, um, was it Scott Kahn? Yeah, I stopped watching it after they like they switched. Because apparently the guy that played Riggs was an ass. Like, he was a gigantic ass. Oh, they didn't complete. They didn't replace the character. They... they he was gone. Clayne Crawford was that guy's name. He played Martin Riggs. And then Sean William Scott was who they brought in. Stifler. That's who they brought in to play a new character, kind of replace the one that they had gotten rid of. But you stay up until that point, it was pretty good? Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't like it when TV shows do major actor changes like that. And final entertainment story today, we have young viewers prefer TV subtitles, research suggests. Do you watch TV with subtitles? Uh, well, I don't watch TV, but like Netflix, I used to not, but I started since the one stream that we had. 
where you said that um oh what was it luke cage you gotta watch yeah. season two with subtitles oh, on holy crap yeah, yeah you do i'm telling it helps especially when it's a show with accents and stuff like that but this Right here with research, it says that uh, four out of five viewers aged 18 to 25 said that they use subtitles all or part of the time. Less than a quarter of those aged between 56 and 75 said that they do so. I originally started watching things with subtitles when I lived with Buzz because he would have it. And he had a really... It, it was difficult because the TV, if you turned it up too loud, there was like a rattle and... And, you know, when it gets really quiet and then it gets really loud and it's just it's for me at this point, it's easier with subtitles. It helps me follow the story a lot better. It helps me pick up on names a lot better so I can actually put the name to a face. I know what the hell they're talking about. It's my attention span's not always quite there. But subtitles, it's the way to go, man. Says that uh, an average of 31% of people would go to more live events or shows if they had captions on a screen in the venue. So imagine having going to the movie theater and having subtitles. Moving on here quickly to uh, we got some sports stories. We had the World Cup qualifiers yesterday. The United States tied Jamaica one to one, and Mexico lost to Canada. Now, Mexico lost to the United States over the weekend. And one of the Mexican players was talking about how uh, he received some death threats. Mexico's Shaka Rodriguez reveals social media threats sent to family after loss to the United States. And I guess people were, were sending messages to his wife. And he responded to one. He says, I'm the husband of the wife you wrote to. I understand that my work in the national team can be the cause of all of this in you. I don't justify it, but I understand it. I ask you please not to write any more to my wife. To rape and kill are very cruel words. We don't deserve this, least of all to include family. I hope this is over now. May God bless you. Damn. This came after their 2 to nothing loss last Friday against the United States, and then... They lost again last night. It was uh, it's like an ice bowl last night up in Canada, man. Damn. United States tied it up. So now we have... So essentially what this the way that this works out is you have... It's the World Cup qualifiers. The top three get to go to the World Cup. And as far as the points go, right now at the top of the list, it's Canada. They've got 16 points. The United States, they have 15. And then you have Mexico coming in at 14. And then you have Panama at number four with 14 points as well. And they're only like halfway done through these. I thought that they were pretty close to being uh, wrapped up, but no, it's not even close. Which then also led to the conversation about Andres Escobar. And Tyler, you said you had not heard this story yet, the guy from Colombia? I had not. So, this happened back in 1994 at the World Cup. And it was in a match against the United States. It says here, stretching to block a cross from American midfielder John Harks. Harkis. Harks? Harks. Ah. He inadvertently deflected the ball into his own net. The United States took a 1-0 lead and ended up winning 2-1. After the 1994 FIFA World Cup, Escobar decided to return to Colombia instead of visiting relatives in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
On the evening of July 1st, 1994, five days after the elimination of Colombia from the World Cup, Escobar called his friends and they went to a bar. Then they went to the liquor store. Oh, this is all in Medellin, by the way. Shortly afterwards, they arrived at a nightclub. His friends split up. Escobar was left alone in the parking lot in his car when three men appeared. They began arguing with him. Two of the men took out handguns. Escobar was shot six times with a 38 caliber pistol. It was reported that the killer shouted goal after every shot. Once for each time, the South American football commentator said it during the broadcast. The group then drove away, leaving Escobar to bleed to death. Escobar was taken to the hospital where he ended up dying 45 minutes later. Pretty hardcore stuff right there. Yeah, like you think parents are bad when they go to their kids' games? Yep. It takes it to a whole new level. And I played all the sports when I was a kid, so we got to see all the fun stuff. Parents getting booted out of games. Sir, you got to go sit over there now. You're not allowed to sit here anymore. All right, one final story. We got the updated uh, college football rankings. Uh, No changes. You had Georgia coming in at number one, Alabama coming in at number two, Oregon number three, Ohio State number four. And then just on the outside looking in, you got Cincinnati coming in at number five. Then Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Wake Forest. That's your order right there. So if the playoffs were to start today, you would have Georgia taking on Ohio State, Alabama taking on Oregon. Chances are this stuff isn't going to play out that way because you have these teams playing each other eventually. Georgia, Alabama most likely going to play in the SEC championship game. You also have Ohio State. They're going to have to take on teams like Michigan, teams like that in the Big Ten. And I'll, I'm willing to bet right now 20 bucks or the Oregon Ducks crap the bed in some way, shape, or form and uh, don't make the playoff. I could see them losing to Utah very easily coming up. So that's the way that that's going to pan out. UTSA finally cracked the top 25, though. Sebastian, hello, joining us in the Twitch chat. You're uh, here just in time as we wrap up all of the news. And we're about ready to get to the uh, five fast questions. Are we about ready to get to that there, Tyler? Hold on, just got to pull it up. That's what she said. All right, I'm I'm not going to say anything. By the way, Shim was very upset last night as we were playing Rocket League because he... He set up a, a that's what she said joke, and I guess nobody um, nobody jumped on it. That's what she said. See, again, like that. Like, I guess nobody nobody picked up on the fact that he was trying to set them up for uh, for a that's what she said. He was very upset. So I helped yeah, him he was also, that. He was, <laughs> he was also getting pretty upset over the Australian accent you do there. Yeah, well, I do that to mess with him all the time. It's maybe the dingo, HL baby, because it's not even just an Australian accent. It's really, it's more or less me kind of doing a um, uh, Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, I can see that. Hey, Heffa, hey, maybe the dingo, HL baby. Such a great show, by the way. If you if, go back and rewatch Rocco's Modern Life, especially the episode where he's a phone sex operator. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh. That's how that goes down. All right, I'll be ready, Tyler. I am ready. Are you going to play some music beforehand? Do I'm I need going to... to. I'm going to. Hold on here. Okay, okay. I'm gearing up. I'm gearing up. Just say go, and I'll go. <laughs> All right, it is time for five fast questions. Tyler going to fire off these questions. I'm going to answer them as quickly as I can. Tyler, go. Number one, if you have, have to get rid of one ride at Disneyland, what would it be? It's a small world. 
Number two, what song is stuck in your head? Slipknot's No Life. Number three, what would you like to see normalized for men? Bath and Body Works. Number four, what actual movie title sounds like a porno? Blow. Number five, what can you say that will trigger an entire fan base? Superman's Faster Than the Flash. And there's your five fast questions. All right, now we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive here into these questions. Tyler uh, has these questions ready to go, so he's uh, hopefully got some answers as well. Question number one was... That's if you have the to, question. There you go. Yeah, if you have to get rid of one ride at Disneyland, what would it be? It's a small world. I hate that effing ride. There was a time when we went there. Uh, I was with my, my dad's side of the family, actually. And we had one of those. You can get into the park early at this time. So we went ahead and did that. And I'm thinking, you guys go ahead, ride It's a Small World, and I'm going to go do something else. Well, the only problem is not everything's open at that time. And when we were there in that moment, pretty much nothing was open at that time. So I walked around the park and they all got to go right on. It's a small world. I still think walking around the park was arguably um, a better choice. At least that's what I'm going with. Tyler, you've never been to Disneyland? I have never been to Disneyland. Well, we're going to have to take you, man, because Disneyland is an absolute delight. Jeez. So we're going to go to Wisconsin ice fishing and then we're going to go to Disneyland. And uh, don't forget, not... we're trying the uh, chuño, the uh, the freeze-dried yes, potatoes as well. Like, we're going to bring that up. I'm trying to forget that. <laughs> um, there's also a story that I found earlier today that uh, they're going to be revamping Mickey's Toontown. So, Toontown was really patterned after um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, there's a Who Framed Roger Rabbit ride out there. And that's where you go if you want to meet Mickey, if you want to meet Minnie, because that's where their houses are. Um, like Donald's house is over there. Goofy's house is over there. So, And it's just it's one of those areas where it's severely dated. I mean, at this point, it's like 30 years old. Um, and I don't think they've really ramped anything up. I mean, they always are kind of updating things to make them look newer. Because one thing that Walt Disney said in regards to uh, the park, he overheard... A kid asking his mom to go ride, I think it was like Peter Pan, and the mom's response was, no, we did that last time. And that immediately got Walt to thinking, well, I don't want people to be able to say that. So even if this ride has been here, we need to update it. And you'll see that when you go uh, multiple times. The first time you're going to go, the ride's going to look one way. Chances are the next time you go, unless you're going like really close together. There's going to be some updates to it. Haunted Mansion's the perfect example. They've done some really cool updates to the Haunted Mansion. And uh, so they're going to be revamping it. And there's been some newer Mickey cartoons that are hilarious, by the way. They're like five minutes a piece. They're just shorts. It's got Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy, Goofy, Pluto. And we first stumbled into these back when we went. I think it was our first family trip to Disneyland in 2017 i believe now the cartoons ran from 2013 to 2019 the animation style is really cool the jokes the storyline and everything it's pretty entertaining because you could tell they did a great job of this is entertaining for the kids 
but it's also really entertaining for the adult, uh, for the adults as well. That's like like what Gravity Falls was always so good because they were able to mold those two together where both the kids and the adults are going to have a good time out of it. But the story says here in 2023, they're going to be updating Mickey's Toontown, and it looks like they're going to try to revamp it with that style around the newer Mickey cartoons, um, which is it's, it's kind of perfect because they even did that. So when you would go to Mickey's house in Toontown, you walk through the house, so you kind of get to see all the cool stuff and you know his bedroom and the living room and the kitchen. And then when you get to go to actually meet Mickey, you're in what's it's kind of like a barn and they have a big screen and that's where they would show a lot of those Mickey cartoons. That's, I think, the first place that we were really introduced to those back in 2017. But it says here Mickey's Toontown is going to close coming up March of 2022 with a reopening set for 2023. Looking forward to that. Next question was what, Tyler? Did I lose you? Oh, uh, number two. What song is stuck <laughs> in your head? Forgot I have to hit the the push to talk button. Oh, you were talking there? Um, yeah. This one bounces around a lot. You know what song I get stuck in my head a lot? It's uh, the Andy Griffith theme song, The Whistle. And I don't even, I never even watched that show. I don't think I've even seen a full episode. I don't even think I've seen a half of an episode. But that. That right there, it's always in my damn head. And now it is. And now it's stuck. Congratulations. That's something I was also doing over at the Savrette house as I was constantly getting new songs stuck in their head as I was over there. But for some reason, right now, the beginning of Slipknot's No Life is stuck in my head where it's like, my, uh, what are the exact lyrics? Because I know how the beat goes. And of course, I can't actually play the song, but it's My Freedom is Best. Whole country's under house, whole country's on house arrest, and everyone's a suspect. You can't feel the flow because you died face down on a suicide. The mother efforts on self destruct, nobody's guarding your back. It's all a front. That's what's stuck in my head. Congratulations. There you go. What song is stuck in your head, Tyler? I always get uh, All Star by Smash, Smash Mouth stuck in my head. Is it the somebody? Or is it, hey, now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. That one? Yeah, it's the second one. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, third question was what? Number three, what would you like to see normalized for men? Oh, Bath and Body Works, man. Look, I've even got, if you're on the Twitch stream and you're seeing this, I've got this one. This is my uh, tree farm candle that I have. And then this is another one that I just got called The Perfect Christmas. Dear Bath and Body Works, sponsor me. <laughs> or just send me free candles. That's all you need to do. You don't even need to pay me. Just send me candles and uh, and bath scrubs. And I'm golden. Which is interesting. Have you ever been to Bath and Body Works, Tyler? Of course. Okay. Do you enjoy it? Yes. Because when I was there over the weekend, one of the ladies that was working there, so we branched off. My wife and my kid, they went one way. I went straight to the candles. And one of the employees was asking me, um, you know, hey, you know, do you need help with me find anything? And what brings you in today? And I was just like, the smells. Like, I, like that's it. I love it. I love the smells. Um, and uh, so I ended up uh, purchasing a couple of the candles. And the one thing I've noticed is over the past few years since I've gone there, 
I'm starting to see a lot more men. And there was one moment where it would have made for a hilarious picture because there's myself, you know, six foot, bald, bearded, tattooed guy standing next to another gentleman with sleeve tattoos and a beard, except this dude had longer hair. I was jealous of that guy. And then there was another gentleman who looked very similar. It's like all three of us, just bearded, tattooed men, resting bitch face for the most part, smelling the candles. I just thought that that would have been a really interesting photo and it would have been great for them for like marketing. Like, look, we're not just for women. Come on in. Love Bath and Body Works. What do you think should be normalized for men? I would like to see casual suit wearing normalized. Like just a fitted suit. Nothing feels as good as a fitted suit. And just to be able to wear it anywhere. Like I'm going to go pick up some food from McDonald's in a suit. Kind of like how hats used to be normalized as well. Like if you ever go back and watch Mad Men and how men dressed back then. Like is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. Except, you know, just everywhere. I mean, everywhere, everywhere. Just wear a suit. Because, again, a fitted suit is super comfortable. I don't think I've ever had a fitted suit. I mean, I had my, I've worn tuxes. That'd be something to look into. Tuxes are, you rent, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, you're talking about something that's specifically designed for you. Yes. Like a fitted tux, maybe, would be super, super awesome as well. I've never had a fitted tux, though. Hmm. I'll have to look into that. So if you guys want to chime in on the Twitch chat, you're more than welcome to do so. And again, if you're tuning in on the podcast version or if you're watching a YouTube clip of this, you can always you can find me over on Instagram at the Real Brand Delorean, uh, and, and just drop me a message and let me know if any of these topics, if you have a comment, fire away, man. Hopefully bring it up on the next, the next episode. All right. Next question was what? Number four. What actual movie tidy, title sounds like a porno? Blow. And then on top of that, there's also, what was it? Zach and Mary make a porno. I mean, that one's a little bit on the head, on the nose there. Um, what are some other movies that sound like pornos? Holes. Mine, holes. <laughs> mine, <laughs> is, mine is Deep Impact. Oh, that one is fantastic. I like that one. Um, if you guys have any in the Twitch chat, by all means, fire away. Frank says, nice guys, the other guys. <laughs> oh, that would be a creepy one. <laughs> Twitchy Twist says, predator. <laughs> that, wouldn't be, that would be one of those pornos that it's... Uh, Snuff yeah. film. Yeah, that's like bootleg somewhere in... yeah. Spaceballs. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Again, if you guys have any that you guys want to bring up, by all means, send them in the Twitch chat there. And what was the what was the final the fifth question? Number five. What can you say that will trigger an entire fan base? I said Superman's faster than the Flash, and that one is something I actually have said. And it was when I was on the morning show. I don't even remember how we got on the topic. And my argument was Superman, because people were like, oh, the Flash is the fastest thing, and he can do this, and he can do this. And I was like, Jesus, like, pump the brakes, man. Like, I clearly upset this fan base with this this innocuous, innocuous, innocuous comment, innocuous, and 
whatever, this simple comment that I made. And my argument was Superman has kind of super everything, right? Like he's superhuman strength. Uh, you know, he can shoot lasers out of his eyes, all this stuff, right? So for me, he would have super empathy. And he sees that the only thing that the Flash can do is run fast. So Superman's super empathy takes over, which then means he allows the Flash to win a race because he feels bad that that's the only thing the Flash has. He can't take that from him. Superman has all these other things. He's got strength and, and he can fly and he doesn't want to take away the one thing the Flash can do. I think in the, the comics they tie, don't they? I don't know. Never looked that far into it. I just knew that I, I got tons of messages from people that were super pissed. Like, super, super pissed. How dare you, Brandon? Yeah, well. They're like, no, because he could do this, and he could do this, and he could do this. All right. What do you think you could say there, Tyler, that would trigger right, an so, entire fan base? So I've seen this on Facebook. Harry Potter was a sorcerer, not a wizard. Well, he's not. He's a wizard because he went to the school of witchcraft and wizardry, not the school of witchcraft and sorcery. Yeah, but, I mean, by D&D rules, if you can innately do magic, you're a sorcerer, not a wizard. But he's not in a and d world. Yeah, well. Per se. I mean, we could have this argument all day long if you want. And just upset more and more Harry Potter nerds. One of them that popped into my brain was like, relax, it's just, it was meant for kids. Like, that would be one that could trigger the uh, the Harry Potter arguments. Like, just easy. Like, yeah, I get it, but, you know, it was meant for kids. Hey, what did you say? Like, Harry Potter is a uh, a book, not a lifestyle or something like that? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was something to that effect. Twitchy Twist is still firing off uh, porno, porno-sounding... Uh, yeah, the Dark Knight Rises and the Bone Collector. Oh, and then we have uh, somebody uh, here commenting. This is nice. Nine Inch Uncut Wonder. Bald Boomer wasting the golden years talking about kids' book. It's well played. Nine Inch Uncut Wonder. <laughs> All right, we got a couple more topics here today before we wrap things up. More discussion topics. And this is something that we had talked about on the morning show a few different times because we would always talk about education systems and we would talk about whether or not what you were learning in school is going to be valuable later on in life because there's people who are like, well, we didn't learn how to do our taxes or we didn't learn how to do kind of basic things that you need to know how to do as an adult where for me, I was like, we did learn how to do that stuff. We had a class that where it was all around essentially being an adult. You paired off, you married somebody from your, from the class and you each would pick a job that you wanted to have as a career. You would find out how much that job paid. You would then look into purchasing a house, where that house is, how much the house payment would be, what kind of car are you going to have, um, and what kind of taxes you were going to be looking to paying and stuff like that. Like That's an actual class that we had. But the more that I tell people about that, the more it seems that's not the norm. I mean, was that even a, remotely close to a class that you had, Tyler? That was supposed to be home ec, right? Well, home ec, I thought was more. Was hey, there's there. a, yeah, like cooking, and hey, you gotta, you know, you, you tore your pants. Let me sew it up. 
Oh yeah. No, I never I never took Homec and I never had a class like that. Well, that was something that a lot of people I guess found shocking that we actually had classes like that. We also had a thing when I was in high school called Sabin Skills Center. Oh, look at Nine Inch Uncut Wonder. Oh, see, I'm glad that you, you did that because now I know that I need to move my strong note logo. Because <laughs> it covered up the fact that, uh, that Nine Inch Uncut Wonder was following us. Thank you for the follow. I appreciate that. But the topic here was what's the most useless thing they teach in school? Top answer here. I don't think anybody would be able to guess what the top answer was. If you if you had to guess one thing, Tyler, what is the most useless thing they teach in school? What would you say? Um, I don't know. My answer was imaginary numbers. Square okay. root of negative one. Imaginary numbers. Uh, this person, the top answer that made it over on Reddit says they mostly taught us how to ask permission in order to use the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, they kind of do, but also when you're a kid, you kind of need to ask to go somewhere, right? Like, that's just the nature of the beast. Somebody else on here says, I might just be holding on to an old grudge against my teacher. My English teacher subbed for gym one day and taught us how children in poorer countries made a ball out of trash to kick around. And when he showed us his, he kicked the damn thing right in my face. And then while playing the game, he kicked it into my stomach. So yeah, useless trash balls. I know how to make now. <laughs> oh, God. Did you have dance class or any sort of dance segment when you were in school, Tyler? Nope. Not like not at all? Not involved with PE? Mm, I don't think so. Huh. If we did, it was so unmemorable, I can't recall. Because somebody in here might say, it says, uh, in order to graduate middle school, you were required to complete the Cupid Shuffle, Cotton-Eyed Joe, and Electric Slide in front of your class. I guess this taught <laughs> us the concept of pure embarrassment. See, we did, like, we had the dance class as well. Like, I know I did. Oh, man, I never told you the Brenda Lullman story, did I? Do. Okay, so buckle up for this one there, Buttercup. Is this going to be another story that upsets your wife? No, 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 no. It's not going to upset the wife. Um, although, I, in in all honesty here with Brenda Lullman, um, she was kind of that homely-looking girl, glasses, kind of an outcast. Um, from what I had heard after the fact, she actually turned out to be a really beautiful woman. Um, but Are you sure this isn't going to be a story that upset the wife? <laughs> so what happened was, in gym, uh, we were pairing off, and we were learning the ballroom dance. And so uh, in the actual gymnasium, they split the guys and the girls, girls on one side, guys on the other, and they just lined you up. And then whoever's at the front of the line, they were paired. So they're trying to make it so that um, you couldn't pick and choose your partner. Well, this one girl who I was friends with, she's like signaling to me, like trying to get me to bounce around so that we can get paired up so that we can be dance partners. So this gives my buddy Ryan, Brenda Lullman. So he walks out. And then he goes to, and you're basically taught how you go out and you take their hand and then you move on and, and uh, you go get your spot and then where everything else goes. And as he walks out to the middle of the gym, he holds his hand out. And rather than her just taking his hand, she goes, and this is kind of visual, so I'll try to describe it. She essentially wipes her nose. She goes like this. Like that. She takes her hand and 
wipes all the way up her nose and then takes same hand and slaps it right in his hand. And all of us were like, oh my God. And we felt bad because Ryan really couldn't do anything because if he says anything about it, he's going to be considered a dick and the teachers are going to get him in trouble. And we're like, oh my God. So that's the, uh, that's the dance story. Oh, and there's another one too. So we had this in middle school and high school. Like apparently they were just looking to fill time in, uh, in the school district where I grew up, at least when it came to gym class. Because all the cool stuff was being taken away. I do remember playing dodgeball, but it was shortly after we got to play dodgeball in high school that uh, they they banned that sport. Um, but there was another time where my buddy Nate, um, I don't even remember how it happened, but the gym coach was also one of our baseball, uh, the gym teacher was also one of our baseball coaches. And he kind of told Nate, he was like, hey, look, um, I'll let you skip all of the rest of the dances if you do the electric slide right now in front of everybody. And Nate did it. All of us were like mortified, like, oh my God. So if you want to talk about useless things, it's learning how to do the electric slide. Which then kind of piggybacks on one of the final, or the final topic, I should say, for today. What is a well-paying job that requires minimal schooling or training? And this is something I would constantly hear from my dad. He worked for Precision Cast Parts. They make the... Uh, parts for for planes and things like that so you you know welders and um those kind of jobs those pay ridiculously well now generally you'll have to have some sort of a uh, a mentorship um or apprenticeship leading up to that but man my dad told me that those dudes made bank and it all would come from overtime you could work a normal shift if you wanted to stick around and you put in more work you would crank out that overtime, man, and my dad would constantly tell me that they were desperately looking for employees. They were always looking for people to fill those roles because they, they couldn't keep up with the demand of the parts that they were making, so they needed as many people as possible. And it paid really, really well. But one of the answers over here on Reddit was picking up dead animals for the highway department. The training is mostly just handing you a shovel <laughs> and assigning you a truck. It pays really well. Which is nice because you'll want to burn your clothes. Try to get promoted to driver as soon as you can. Can you think of a pretty decent paying job that doesn't take a lot of school or training there, Tyler? So, sanitation engineer, also known as garbage man. Yeah. That's another one. I had a, a kid that I played baseball with for years all the way through high school, his dad owned um, the garbage company. And so during the summers and when he had time, they he would go. And, man, that dude – I remember there was one time somebody – and we were like 18. We we're like seniors in high school. And somebody asked him for some money to you know, like for the vending machine or something. He pulls out his wallet. He's got like fucking $100 bills sitting in there. I'm like, Jesus. Of course, he didn't pay rent or anything at the time. He was, you know, he was a high school kid. But he worked as a garbage man, and damn, that paid good. Yeah, I mean, you don't even need a, a GED for that. Somebody else over here on Reddit says, For students in Canada, tree planting can be very lucrative, but is also very physically demanding. No education required. My summer, my first summer, I only made about 3.5K a month, but that went up every single year. My last few seasons, I was making about 10K a month. So think about that. You're making about 120 grand. Well, actually, no, I take it back because it would be only in the summer. Because you can't plant trees in the winter because the ground's frozen. 
You're familiar with that, right, Tyler? Being from Wisconsin? Yes. I can confirm you cannot plant trees in frozen ground. Do they, where you grew up, did they have the... I can't remember what they called it, but I had a buddy of mine that lived in Minneapolis. And he said that when they'd have the news on, they would. it was kind of like a meter or something where they would talk about... It was the amount of time in seconds that your skin could be exposed before frostbite started to kick in. Do you remember having that at all? No, I yeah. don't. I mean, that's something we would talk about, but that wasn't like something they had every, like with their weather forecasts. Mm-hmm. No, I don't remember that. All right, one final one here, and I'm going to read this one just because the person's username on Reddit is Poo Poo Fingers. <laughs> Sort of God. It says, uh, where I work in a cold storage warehouse requires little to no experience, and hence Poo Poo Fingers, around $25 an hour. All the overtime you can handle. Some parts of the year when they need extra help, they pay 10 extra dollars an hour, sometimes 20. So you could be making up to $53 an hour, including overtime, which ain't so bad. Wait, this is at a warehouse? It's a cold cold storage warehouse. Which is funny because the person right underneath it said, you handle a lot of food, poo-poo fingers? And he responds with, yeah, I handle your food. Nice. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my goodness. All right. It's time to wrap up this broadcast. Tomorrow I'm going to be back on probably a, you know midday-ish. We're going to have to figure some stuff out. The original goal was to... Uh, the original goal was to be gaming around 6 p.m. on Thursdays, but the kids got to nutcracker practice, and the wife and I are trying to balance that schedule out. So, unfortunately... Not going to be on tomorrow evening, but it will be on during the day playing some games. We're going to get this uh, original Gamer Life stuff going. So if you have Discord, or even if you don't, get a Discord and go join the original Gamer Life uh, channel over there. Because we're going to have some fun stuff. We're going to start posting some videos. We have. Hopefully I'm going to get the video from Shim of his first goal. There's two. There's actually there's the first goal he scored, which was in his own net, and then there's the second goal he scored, which is you know the first one for the team we were on. But we'll be back. Lots more topics. Lots more streams on the way. Tyler, any final thoughts? Uh, just like, subscribe, share, check out our YouTube channel. Join yes. us in Discord. Do all Tyler's Tyler's busting his butt here on the YouTube channel. So if you want, you can find me. It's Goat the Brandalorian over on YouTube. And essentially, we're taking all the different segments, chopping them up. So if you miss a stream, but you don't have time to listen to the whole thing or watch the whole thing, easily digestible parts there for you over on the YouTube. But on that note, have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. See you guys tomorrow. Peace out. Love y'all. Bye.